This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. If you had reached a point in your life when you felt that you were needing the seasoned advice of someone who could help you, to whom would you turn? Probably one of the last places you would turn would be to go to jail, seeking help with your problems, because the person you would most likely find there would be one who had been unable to handle his own problems, much less yours also. However, I would like for us to consider this morning some pointers which come from a prisoner. The prisoner was named Paul the Apostle. And when he wrote his letter to young Timothy, Paul was in jail at the time. Ordinarily, we would expect words from a prisoner to be rather pessimistic in nature. But listen to the words of Paul as recorded in 2 Timothy, the first chapter in our Bible. Paul said, God himself chose me to be an apostle, and he gave me the promised life that Jesus Christ makes possible. Timothy, you are like a dear child to me. I pray that God, our Father, and our Lord Christ Jesus will be kind and merciful to you and will bless you with peace. Night and day I mention you in my prayers. I'm always grateful for you, and I pray the God my ancestors and I have served with a clear conscience. I pray to him. This is what Paul said to young Timothy. Encouraging words they were. And in these words from a prisoner, there are some tremendous truths that we all can well listen to, even though they do come from a man who's in jail. In verse 12, Paul says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. That's the King James Version. Paul's referring here to the fact that he's in chains. We might say that this can also refer to everything that Paul has been suffering for Christ. Shipwrecks, beatings, stonings, opposition from Christians who didn't trust him for having experienced a real conversion on that road to Damascus, and surely many other hardships Paul went through. Well, what about us? Well, <laughs> if we could come to get this truth from Paul and let it find its way deep into our hearts, I think we might be saved from a lot of mental anguish. When a disappointment comes to you, have you ever said, Lord, what have I done to deserve this? We may try feverishly to think of some sin that we may have committed, and right away we may ascribe this hardship to that sin, saying, well, this is my punishment. It may not even occur to us that possibly this is part of the all things in which God is working for the good for those who love Him, Romans 8.28. Our suffering might well be the direct result of some task that God has given us to do. And when that happens, we may forget, if we're not careful, we'll forget that wherever God's will leads us, the grace of God will sustain us. 
Once there was a preacher who was so completely given to his task of preaching that he was thought to be quite strange, rather eccentric actually. But he continued preaching in so many different places that actually he was considered to be a missionary. But he got to be rather fanatical in his views about Christ. Some thought uh, he was just way off offline. And so he was exiled from the people whom he loved. He was sent away to an island. And while he was there, he wrote these words. I am John, a follower together with all of you. We suffer because Jesus is our King, but he gives us the strength to endure. I was sent to Patmos Island because I had preached God's message and had told about Jesus. Those words are from the last book in the Bible, Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. Patmos was a small island where prisoners were sometimes kept by the Romans. Did you notice when I read that verse that there was no complaining here? Paul was just giving witness to the truth. How great it is to remember that we are in a great company of believers if we suffer because of being a Christian. Roy Angel recounts that when he was a preacher in western North Carolina many years ago, he was driving his horse and buggy along a hot, dusty road one day when he met the Methodist preacher coming from the other direction. This friend of his, the other preacher, said, Roy, you look tired and thirsty. Won't you turn around and come back with me to the house you just passed? the one under that big shady oak tree. There lives a little old lady who'll have a pitcher of cool lemonade and some cookies that we can have. Well, Roy accepted that offer. When the two preachers got to this house, they were met at the door by a lady on crutches. When she brought out the refreshments, she took her glass of lemonade and she stood by the mantel. Roy offered her his seat, but she said, Oh, thank you, but I can't sit down. You see, I have iron braces from my feet to my shoulders. The preacher then stammered out some words of sympathy, but the lady almost interrupted him. She said, oh, don't be concerned about me. I have an idea that God needed somebody down here to wear iron braces and smile and be happy to show God's power and to help in the troubles of life. And we need never think that when we do suffer for the Lord, He doesn't know about our sufferings. After my mother died when I was just a young boy, nine years of age, my father decided to make a break from tender memories. And so he resigned from his pastorate here in South Carolina, and we moved to Louisville, Kentucky, where he enrolled for some further study. The president of the seminary there at that time was Dr. Ellis Fuller, who recounted a story of his talking with a very fine Christian lady whom he knew. This lady had two sons, one of whom was much stronger than the other, although the stronger son was the younger. They lived way back in the sticks, said Dr. Fuller, where the only method they had for keeping warm was a wood stove. As the two brothers sometimes do, they got into an argument one day with each other, and the younger, stronger boy slapped the older one rather hard. 
But the mother saw what happened. She was at the window. Later, that younger boy, feeling very guilty now, came to his mother and said, Mama, can I help you in some way? No, son, she answered. I, I don't think I need anything right now. Some time passed, and then later he came again to his mother, and he said, Mama, I, I saw the wood boxes just about empty. Can I go get some wood for you and, and fill it up? Again, the mother answered, No, son, I, I don't think we'll need any wood, any more wood today. So failing in all of his efforts to show sorrow for what he had done to his brother, the boy finally came running to his mother, putting his arm around her waist and sobbing. Mama, he said, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I won't ever treat my brother like that again. Dr. Fuller said he looked at that woman who shared this story with him, and he said, as I looked into the tear-filled eyes of that mother, I knew that God suffered all the time while Paul was suffering. Yes, God knows our sufferings. The hymn says, Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Well, Paul said not only what we've just heard, but another thing he said, I know whom I have believed. He goes on in this passage to say that uh, I'm confident in the one I have believed, verse 12. And the emphasis here, I think, is on the word know. This is not a secondhand faith with Paul. It went all the way back to that day when he was on the road to Damascus and he was struck blind by the light of Jesus, whom he had been persecuting for such a long time. It was an experience he would never forget and it changed the course of his life from that day on. Now, we don't have to have the same kind of experience that Paul had, but we do need to have a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus, whatever that form may take. This is not something you read about in a book. It's not something you heard a preacher talk about. It's not some catchy melody you may have heard somebody sing, but in your own unique way, as God chooses, you come to know that power of Jesus in your life to forgive your sins, to cleanse your life, and to put you on the only road to heaven. That road is Jesus. This is something that you can know as Paul did. <clears throat> the same truth is echoed in the words of John from 1 John five thirteen, back to the King James. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. How firm is that foundation of belief? Many years ago, an old sailor was showing off the size of a whale the whale had died, and they'd put this whale on two railroad flat cars. And he was going from place to place, showing the people the enormity of that whale. Two men came up to him and asked the sailor, who happened to be a very strong believer in Jesus, they asked him, tell us, just how big is the throat of a whale? 
the sailor answered, well, actually, that's the smallest thing about him. A whale's throat is only big enough to swallow a good-sized grapefruit, he said. One of the men turned to the other one and said with a smirk in his voice, see, I told you so. That story about Jonah and the whale is not true at all. Whereupon the old sailor interrupted to say, friend, let me tell you something. In the first place, you don't know your Bible very well. It never says that it was a whale that swallowed Jonah. It says that God prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Now, in the second place, the sailor said, if God had said he sent a whale, he could have made a whale with a throat big enough to swallow this whole boxcar if he wanted to. Now, that's the kind of faith Paul had. He just knew absolutely. I know whom I have believed, Paul said. But there's another thing he went on to say. I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. This was a testing of Paul's faith. He knew it so much, he was willing to try God out because he knew God would be true. You remember the Old Testament story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? who said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Your Majesty, we don't need to defend ourselves. The God we worship can save us from you and your flaming furnace. But if he doesn't, we still won't worship your gods and the gold statue you have set up. That's from the third chapter of Daniel. These men knew that God was able to save them from the flaming furnace. But if not... Their faith in God was still steadfast. A missionary board from a certain denomination in the United States was having a meeting one day to decide on who would be approved to be sent out as a missionary. During their discussions, they read a letter they had received from a professor in the seminary where this particular candidate had once studied. That letter from the professor read in part, be sure to ask this candidate if she believes that Jesus Christ died on the cross to save us from our sins. Well, that was a red flag to the approving board. And so they did ask that question of this young lady who was seeking approval as an appointment as a missionary. This was her response. Yes, I do believe that Jesus died to save us from our sins. And also I believe with all my heart that he expects some of us to die, to show the world that he did. I have given him my life. And if he needs me to die on some mission field so that others may have redemption through him, then I'm perfectly willing for it to be that way. That young lady had the same spirit that Paul had. I know whom I have believed. I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Do you have a problem in your life and you don't know what the end is going to be? You don't know how you're going to get through? We used to sing a little chorus when I was a young boy. The Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Strength for today is mine all the way. And all I need for tomorrow, the Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow.
Paul gives us a classic example of what he felt in his life. And that same kind of faith we can have when we trust in Jesus. If you've trusted in Jesus in the past, maybe you made a profession of your faith, but perhaps you've wandered away or grown cold. He's ready to receive you back as you can come close to him and find the joy, the peace, the inward contentment that this kind of faith that Paul had can be yours too. And so this is what a prisoner has to say to you and to me today. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we think about these beautiful words from the Apostle Paul, that we might not be guilty of being just hearers of the word, but not doers. We need to do what the scripture says. So help us, Lord, we pray to put into action these words from this prisoner, Paul, and to know that you are faithful to your word back then, and you are the still the same God today. Thank you for hearing us as we offer our prayer in the matchless name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus. Amen.